Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Pokolsky. One of the most requested formats of this show is when I do solo casts. So uh, one, thank you. It seems like they tend to get the best downloads, the best shares, the best reviews. And I get a ton of messages from you guys that want to hear from me, and I am honored and humbled. So thank you. And so it feels like it's been a while since I've done a solo cast, and I want to tell you guys a little bit what I'm up to. And uh, really what it is, is I'm building my business and I'm building a coaching business. Um, Really, I haven't done it extensively since 2015 and 16. We did a pretty significant coaching program in 2015 and 16. I've been coaching really high-level athletes and entrepreneurs since probably 2001, Um, but I've never really publicized it. It's always been the type of thing where... Uh, you know, people just organically came to me and I was working with all the best bodybuilders and some pro athletes and some actors and things like this. And really, I really wanted to take all this information and and condense what I do unconsciously in my mind and make it conscious so that I can ultimately teach coaches and teach you, teach the audience, right, what I do. And so I've become an expert, uh, you know, quote unquote, I'll say that, you know, uh, in quotations, I'll become an expert in muscle building and body transformation through, you know, what looks like now about 25 years of uh, challenges, right, of trying to work through my own personal physique enhancement and getting as lean as I possibly can to what I call subhuman levels of body fat, getting to be over 320 pounds at one point of muscle, and, uh, you know, everywhere in between, right? And there's always ups and downs. There's always struggles. And it's learning how to find what works for me right now based on my goals. Now that I'm over 40, I've recently, you guys know, I've turned 40 this year. Our goals shift a little bit, right? My goals aren't about being the biggest guy on the planet anymore. It's about looking awesome, feeling awesome, and ultimately worrying, uh, maybe not worrying, but optimizing my health making sure my health is where I want it to be, right? So I was very blessed to exit bodybuilding with my health. And, you know, I'm sure there's some damage done and I'm currently working to unwind that. And that's always there, you know, at 40 years old, there's damage done to every one of us in varying amounts. And with all the bodybuilders that seem to be leaving us these days, you know, to be honest, I became a little bit more concerned about my health, hearing all these guys just passing away. Um, really made me step up my game and start doing a lot more testing, a lot more awareness around my health. Again, I test my health a couple times a year as far as blood testing, urine analysis and stool and DNA and all these these tests. Uh, But really, I want to start going going and looking a little deeper. So expect some information from me about that going forward. You can also expect information about how ultimately you can transform your body. And that's going to be the primary topic of today's podcast. So a lot of you have uh, expressed interest in understanding my 90-day transformation process. And this is not a sales pitch. This is me telling you about how I go about it. And I've been, like I say, taking what I do unconsciously for the last 25 years and making it conscious so that I can I can apply it to more people. I can teach my coaches how to do it. So for those of you that don't know, in 2022, as soon as COVID happened, obviously I used to travel a lot. I used to travel and teach all over the world. I would keep coach coaches and aspiring athletes and really anyone who wants to live their greatest life in a body they love, how to do it. So most people around the world would know me as probably the number one guy in intelligent muscle building. If you have trained intelligently, which to my in my uh, definition means you've used intentionality, you have learned mechanical efficiency in your training, you've ultimately learned how to use your muscles and not simply sling weights, probably someone who's taught you that has come through our system. And I don't say that to boast or brag, but that's simply the reality. We've had millions of people now come through the MI40 system, and I feel incredibly honored now 
to be able to pass on or, or then and now to be able to pass on anything that I've learned. Because to be honest, it never came easy to me. And the reason I continue to do what I do is because I've had so many opportunities. I've pushed my body to so many levels in, in every different direction, right? So to be as big as possible is one very unique skill set. To be as lean as possible is maybe a completely different skill set. And now to push my body in a different direction, being as healthy, as resilient, as lean, and ultimately live as long as I can is a completely different skill set. So this is why I feel incredibly blessed to be able to share this information with you. So um, I'm going to share a couple of questions that have come in through social media throughout today's podcast. But first, I want to start with how I would approach a 90-day transformation. I made some, some videos recently on Instagram, and I asked people, what do you want to know about how I do this? So I thought I would walk you guys through it. And uh, whether you're a coach or you're someone who's aspiring to ultimately understand what goes into a body transformation, I want to give you my framework. And I'm not going to make this an incredibly long podcast. I'd let them do as, as short as I can, but I want to give you some value. And the thing that I like to um, bring into people's awareness when they're aspiring to transform their body is I tend to believe that sustainability should trump speed, right? I don't just want to lose 10 pounds. And then what happens when the 10 pounds is done? I balloon back up, right? So yes, I want to lose 10, 20, whatever, however many pounds you want to lose, but I want to be able to sustain it. So my goal in my coaching is to create what I call high impact habits. So you come into my coaching, it's like, yeah, we can get this awesome 90 day transformation. I always say any chimpanzee can get you in shape. You can get a hippopotamus in shape if you don't give them any food and put them on two hours of cardio a day, of course, but that's not the goal, right? I want to get you guys in shape and be able to sustain it, to create a new life, to create a new lifestyle. You know, our coaching is maybe more aptly uh, called lifestyle design coaching, right? We're going to teach you how to design your 16 hours. So everyone gets about the same amount of time in a day, right? When you're sleeping eight hours, you're getting 16 hours a day. So we're going to do a 16-hour audit. And let's see, what does those 16 hours look like for you? And then one of the things that you'll often hear me say is show me what you do habitually, as you guys know, and show me what you prioritize in a day. And I'll show you, show you what your body looks like, right? What are your high priority items? What do you prioritize? So people who are in shape, people who are lean, healthy, and muscular all the time, simply know what to prioritize and they do it right? On a consistent basis. They don't follow some miraculous plan. There's not some shiny red object, some miraculous supplement that nobody knows about. That stuff doesn't exist, right? They simply know what the high impact items are for them that they must be doing every day, every week, every month, right? And again, depending on which item it is, it can happen every day, it can happen every week. You have to have a standard. Think of it like a thermostat, right? If you want to exist in life between 10 and 12% body fat, there's your thermostat, right? When you get under 10%, you're like, okay, I'm kind of good. When you get over 12%, you're like, all right, I got to tighten this up. And you learn what it takes to do that. And that's really what my, my aspiration is for my coaching clients. I get very high achievers that come and work with us. And uh, really it's like, okay, what's the least you can do to get in the best possible shape? Not the most you can do in the shortest amount of time. I think we want to ultimately, yes, at some point we're going to do a lot. At some point we're going to work really hard, but it doesn't have to be uh, constant. It doesn't have to be depleting. It doesn't have to be massively stressful or you shouldn't hate it. I have a belief that you should love exercise. And if you're not loving exercise, we should talk about that, right? We should talk about how you can learn to love exercise. I assume everyone listens to this podcast probably loves exercise. So coming back to how I start my 90-day process, anyone that walks in the door, there's six things we prioritize in the first month. Why do we do these things before I tell you what they are? 
Well, you've probably heard me say that the key to sustainable progress is the ability to adapt, right? I want my body to adapt to whatever I'm subjecting it to. The ability to adapt to imposed demand, right? I say health ultimately should be defined as whether or not it is, I don't know, the ability to adapt to imposed demand, right? I say someone who's healthy adapts quickly. Someone who is less healthy or has deteriorating health adapts more slowly. Therefore, they can take, they can take less stress, subject themselves to less stress. So objectively, what I'm aiming for in the first month of coaching is I want to improve your ability to adapt. That's it. So what are the things that are standing in my way, right? You're standing here and you want to be over there. What's in the way, right? Well, there's definitely going to be some things that are in the way. And these are the six things that we prioritize for most people, right? So some people come in like they're good at all these things. Okay, you can move past them. But in general, most people are facing the exact same things. It's simply a result of modern culture, modern diet, modern lifestyle, the high stress lifestyle that we live. These are, this is a reality. And most people aren't willing or able to change that. So we have to do what we can to support it, right? So we want to support the current lifestyle they have or ask them to look for the opportunities to change, right? Some people can't change certain things. So I'll put that in quotations, can't, can't change your job, can't change your family, maybe whatever else, things you can't change, but there's certain things you can change, right? You can change your decisions. You can change what goes in your mouth. You can change how often you move. You can change how you move, right? These are things we can change. So in the first month, I'm focused on, I need this person to be more effective at adaptation. Why? Because ultimately my objective as a coach, I want to be able to subject you to more stress, but I think it's negligent as a coach if I subject you to more stress without preparing you for more stress. So if, someone, if you start a coaching program with someone right now and they just go, all right, we're going to increase the cardio, we're going to increase the training or decrease the calories, fire them. Why? They're taking away calories, which is your greatest lever against stress. Food, sleep are your greatest levers against stress. You could also put breathing and light on that, those, those, um, on that list as well. But ultimately... Uh, if we take away your food, it's like saying, okay, you don't get to sleep for the next six weeks. That's stupid, right? So if someone says, hey, all right, we're going to start a transformation diet, more food or less food, more, more workout, more cardio, you're setting yourself up to fail. If you want to get in shape in, in six weeks and then balloon up after, great, do it. Oh, I wish you the best. You're not working with me, right? My objective is to get you in the best shape of your life in 12 weeks and be able to sustain it. That's the goal. So what can, what's the fastest we can move in a sustainable manner, I guess is the best way to describe this. So uh, what are those things that are going to allow us to accelerate the ability to adapt? So my objective, and let's call this in phase two, is to increase the amount of stress I subject you to. No question. But remember, that's phase two. That doesn't come first. I want you to train more. I want you to train harder. I want you to do more cardio. I want to decrease the calories. Every one of those is increasing your stress. So I can't do that without increasing your ability to recover from it, right? So then in phase one, I have to go, okay, how do I increase this person's ability to recover? What are my levers for recovery? Ideally, I want to increase their calories in phase one, but I can't do that because they'll get fat. So what do I do? I decrease first, we look at the levers and we see the first thing we're going to do is we're going to say, we're going to decrease inflammation. We have to do what we can to remove the inflammatory stress in their life. We have to look at the things that are in their life that are causing 
some type of inflammatory response or some type of inflammatory burden on their body. In most instances, it's the water quality, it's the food quality, it's non-organic foods, it's processed foods, it's high amounts of stress, it's lack of sleep, it's alcohol, it's prescription medicines, it's antibiotics. All these things are driving up inflammation. If your body is inflamed, your body is not adapting correctly. At the cellular level, think of inflammation kind of like cellular junk. It's like floating around the cell, preventing the cell from doing what it's supposed to do, which in many instances is synthesize protein or, or make ATP or whatever it happens to be. Those, things, those processes are slowed down. So we have to first and foremost prioritize, what can I do to decrease inflammation? So some best practices around inflammation. Move your body, key. Get outside and get some sunshine on your body, key. Get more sleep. Remove all the toxic foods you're consuming on a consistent basis or at all. So my commitment with anyone in my coaching program is 30 days of a low slash anti-inflammatory diet, an anti-inflammatory or a low anti-inflammation diet. Now that's subjective because everyone ultimately responds differently to different foods. So something that's inflammatory to me may not be inflammatory to you. And so, yes, we can, we can do our best to make an educated guess, or we can simply say, okay, we know that these foods, X, Y, and Z, which I'll list in a minute, are tend to be most in, uh, inflammatory to most people. So unless you're willing to do uh, tests, DNA tests, um, allergy tests, stool analysis, urine analysis, we can't and we can't know exactly what your what foods you're gonna be in, uh, cause are going to cause inflammation in your body. It's hard. It's next to impossible, unless you're unless you're able to feel your body. If you're really tuned into your body, you can do that. But most people are not, right? So we assume we want to we want to remove the common inflammatory molecules. So what are those? You guys have heard me say this before. Typically, the first one that's got to go is any type of vegetable oil. Typically, most foods you consume from a box have vegetable oil in it. That includes canola, sunflower, soy oil, all those simply have to go. Corn oil, grapeseed. Again, I'm on the fence about grapeseed, but I just say remove it for the interim. The ones we can consume instead are olive oil. You know, our friends at Fresh Press have the best olive oil in the world. Have you guys have heard me talk about that a thousand times before? I literally have a bottle with me everywhere I go. Um, and uh, coconut oil is okay. Avocado is great. Even meats uh, is okay, right? Saturated fat for meat is fine. It's not going to be as toxic unless it's overcooked as something like a vegetable oil. So we want to really remove that. That's one. Another thing that we typically will remove are all grains, right? We want to take, we want to get rid of grains because grains for most people are inflammatory. Again, not all people, but most people. So nobody get butthurt about my saying grains are inflammatory. Most people are going to get an inflammatory response from grains moving along. So that also means gluten and wheat and uh, millet and um, rye and all these, these grains that are, uh, and, and including oatmeal, right? Oatmeal is a massive staple for most people in the fitness industry. And I think a lot of people are really going to get inflamed by it. So we take that out. And um, so we remove grains. And instead of grains, typically we'll go with something like a white rice or sweet potatoes or berries and fruit as our primary carbohydrate sources if we want carbohydrates. So if someone is uh, over fat and over inflamed, we don't typically consume a lot of carbohydrates in the first month because I want to improve insulin sensitivity as well. So that's another factor. Um, so moving along, then we remove uh, dairy 
soy, and corn. So we take those out because those are also pro-inflammatory for most people. So again, am, am I a zealot against any of these foods? No. But for most people in general, I find it tends to be a really good approach to remove dairy, soy, corn, vegetable oil, and grains. Those are your kind of five big culprits. I'm sure there's other things in there. And, and also, we typically will remove, obviously, gluten and, and we'll remove uh, most, if not all, processed foods. We try to get people just eating real foods. And so what we do is we allow you to eat from this wide range of foods and eat more food, right? So because we're decreasing inflammation, typically what happens, people, one, are able to control their hunger signals more effectively because when they eat foods that are causing these massive insulin spikes or inflammation typically dysregulates their hunger signals, specifically things that are like and contain fat emulsifiers can really change your hunger signals. It's a great podcast by my friend, Andrew Huberman on his podcast about that. Um, but so we'll typically remove everything that's processed because it's going to disrupt hunger signals and people just from, just from that alone, people in my program typically lose between five and 10 pounds in the first month if they're over fat. It's usually between five and seven, five to 10 pounds. Most people lose and it's water, it's inflammation, it's glycogen in some cases, but they're losing weight and it's a lot of fat too, right? It's a, it's a balance of all of them. So that's a great way to kickstart. People love seeing that scale drop in the first month, but that's great. But guess what? That's not sustainable either, is it? You won't continue to lose fat unless you increase the output, increase the expenditure. So we'll talk about that in a minute. So again, we're getting this on sand inflammatory diet and we try to establish that as a baseline. Let's just do this consistently. Like this is your new diet. Let's stay there consistently. So we've established this baseline. Now their, their body tends to, their body weight tends to level out. That's perfect. That's what we want. Why? Because now we know, okay, this person eats exactly this many calories every day. And if they want to gain muscle, we simply increase the protein and drive up the volume of work a little bit. If they want to lose fat, we simply decrease the calories a little bit and uh, and increase the expenditure in whatever way is, is best for them, is most appropriate for them, whichever way they're able. Right? Some people aren't able to train hard in the gym because they simply don't have the skill yet. So maybe we increase the expenditure with cardio or high-intensity cardio or anything that's walking or anything that's going to increase caloric expenditure. But we've got to go through this initial foundational phase first. So that's only a couple of things that I'm telling you from the foundational phase, right? So we've gone through um, changing inflammation. That's important. The next one down the list is we're going to look at sleep because we've got we to fix sleep. Sleep's probably the biggest lever for optimizing insulin, insulin sensitivity. It's the biggest lever for improving emotional regulation and hunger and willpower and all these amazing things and simply having energy. Most people cheat on their diet, in my experience, when they don't feel good, they feel tired or they're lethargic or they simply don't feel good and they go eat something crappy because it makes them feel what I call a plus one, right? If I feel like, a, God, I feel like I'm a four out of 10 right now and I eat this donut, it makes me feel a five or a six, even for a short period of time, I'm going to continue to do that all the time. So I want people to feel better. So addressing sleep is massive. And again, that's one of the big levers in, in the foundational phase. We're going to get everyone sleeping at least seven hours a night because it's important. Quality sleep. And how do we do that? Well, the first thing we're going to do is probably remove light and food before bed and exercise, right? We want to do everything we can to teach your nervous system to calm down before bed, right? We want to teach the nervous system to do that. 
And the way we do that ultimately is just practice. Like everything else, realize everything you, got, you do, guys, in life is, is habit creating or habit destroying. It's all just it's all it's all practice. So if you want to learn to be better at sleeping, you have to practice being better at sleeping. It's not rocket science. It's not genetic. It's not anything wrong with you. You just simply are out of practice and learning how to fall asleep and stay asleep. Practice when you get up in the middle of the night. If you think it's to pee, it's not. You're not getting up to pee. You're getting. You're peeing because you got up. And learn to go back to sleep. Train yourself right away. Boom, I'm going to go back to bed. And you don't allow yourself to get into bed. You don't allow yourself to have a snack. You don't allow yourself to turn the light on. That's how you improve that. So you know, moving down the list, we're at inflammation. We're at sleep. We're also going to imp- improve gut health and digestion. Most people are a disaster when it comes to digestion. And again, probably through no, no fault of your own, right? Why? Because our food supply, our water supply is tainted. It's loaded with chlorine and fluoride that is destroying your microbiome. If you drink any alcohol or take any pharmaceutical drugs, you guarantee your gut is destroyed. And the likelihood of you digesting and absorbing the foods you eat is small. So when you have a bad gut and you have poor digestion, again, driving up inflammation is the result. Right, So your body's supposed to break down all this food that you consume. It's not supposed to sit there and putrefy. Sometimes if we have a leaky gut, which is literally one cell thick, uh, these large proteins get into our body and our body amounts, amounts an immune response and the immune response drives up inflammation. So again, another way to increase inflammation is by not chewing your food properly, by consuming the wrong foods. We don't want to do that. So be very cautious and concerned about improving how you eat, what you eat, and the state you're in when you eat, right? If I'm in a stress state and eating on the go, my body's not going to absorb that. That's going to cause an inflammatory response. So if you're someone who eats foods and feel like you're swollen all the time, or you just look at carbohydrates and you're bloated, you can assume your gut health is is, uh, not great. So we go through an entire gut protocol that helps people heal their gut in a short amount of time. And it's something that we've used for a long time and it's it's proven, it's replicable, and it works for nine out of 10 people. And some people need to escalate beyond that because some people have a lot of bigger problems, but uh, most people are going to get some significant relief from simply doing a simple gut protocol. And what does that mean? It means remove first, remove the crap, right? Move the stuff that's causing the damage. Okay, moving along from there. So we've got three things. We've got inflammation, sleep, gut health, and digestion. So when you say inflammation, it's also insulin sensitivity, right? Inflammation and insulin sensitivity for me go hand in hand. I mean, you could group gut health, digestion, inflammation, insulin sensitivity all in the same group, uh, but I just tend to separate them for simplicity. So moving down the line, skill. I need you to develop skills. If you want to be fit and you think of the fittest people in the world as someone who you aspire to look like, what skills, habits, and and, uh, process do they follow on on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis? If you don't have the same skills and habits they do, you'll never have the same body they do, right? You probably won't have the same body they do anyways, but you can have the closest version of yourself by learning the skills and the habits that they have. So I need you to acquire skills. What are skills? Skills in the gym. You got to improve your ability to move, right? Movement means, yes, I need to be strong, but I also need to be stable. I also need to be mobile, right? So think about those things. I need to build those intentionally into a program, right? So what skills do I want to acquire? For me in phase one, everyone acquires 24 skills. That's it. 
We keep it simple, right? I need you to acquire 100 different skills. You got 24 skills. Let's work on these. You work on them often. Frequency matters. And you get to work and you work and you work and you work and, and you get better at them. And by the end of that first phase, which for some people is a month, some people is two months. But by the end of that phase, you've acquired these skills now, like playing the piano. It doesn't happen overnight, right? We have to take some time. Sometimes it takes months for people. And the better you get at these skills, here's the thing the better your results are long-term, the more sustainable they are. I, for the rest of my life, would be a great squatter because I've done it thousands and thousands and thousands of times, right? Unless I have a back injury, of course, or a knee injury, but uh, I'll be a great squatter. I've done it so many times. My nervous system simply knows how to do it, right? And I think that's a huge gift, like playing the piano, riding the bicycle. Once you acquire these skills, they don't go away. Take that first phase and prioritize learning how to do it. Learn how to do it. That's so important to you. Right. So every one of you should be taking a phase. And I do this every single year where I take about 28 days and I go through a muscle intelligence primer program. Right. What's a primer program? You guys may have heard of other people using this. Most people have stole the idea from me. It's 28 to, to basically uh, 30 to 60 days. And our original ones were 40 days and my 40 um, to reestablish proper motor ingrams. What does that mean in English? It means proper movement patterns. Learn how to move correctly. The body contracts in sequences of muscle contraction. Think of like throwing a ball or kicking a ball. Those things are sequences. Your body remembers things in sequence. So we want to learn how to contract muscles in sequence. So if I'm doing a squat, there's a certain pattern of muscle contraction that needs to happen for me to squat. And the more effective and efficient I get at that pattern, the better it becomes, the more I output I can get, right? The stronger I get, the more stable I get, the more I kind of call it grease the groove, and then I can do it more often with more load and more output. Therefore, I build more muscle, right? But neglecting this phase is just stupid. It's, you know, so there's, and if you guys have heard me say this before, I'll use the same metaphor, but there's people out there who are reading a book a week who don't remember a single thing. Those are the people who aren't spending enough time learning how to read correctly first. And that sounds ridiculous, but some people are reading so fast and they get to the end of the book and they go, I don't know what I read. Yeah. So slow down, learn to do it correctly first. And then gradually we increase the speed and gradually you increase the retention also. Same thing's happening in exercise. You guys are all going into the gym. You never learned how to read, right? You never learned how to move. So you're going in and you're thinking you're going to get all these results and really going to get joint pain. You're simply wasting your time instead of investing your time. Everyone on this, listening to this podcast right now, every year, one to two times a year, you should be doing muscle intelligence or any type of primer program. And we have tons of these things, right? We have, we have one specific to body parts. We have one specific to full body. So if you guys want a primer program, you can go right now to muscleintelligence.com slash body parts and pick up a 30-day primer at any body part you choose. And so those are there. And so those programs are intentionally progressed and the primer is really simply executed workouts that you should enjoy. I'm sure you're going to enjoy and uh, we have so many more within our coaching as well. So moving along from there, so if we have um, inflammation, we have sleep, we have gut health and digestion, we have skill acquisition, we also have aerobic fitness. I want you guys to always think about improving aerobic fitness. Why? Why does aerobic fitness matter? Well, aerobic fitness is what I would say kind of a governor on your ability to recover. So if you have poor aerobic fitness, your ability to recover both between sets and between workouts is diminished. So your HRV will be decreased and your perceived exertion tends to be much higher. If I walk up a flight of stairs, I'm out of breath. Next time I go to that stairs, unconsciously, I'm going to avoid the stairs. I go, oh, man, that was hard. I'm going to do that anymore. So we got it in the first phase. We got to improve 
uh, aerobic fitness. And now it doesn't have to be complex, but it has to be consistent. So if you're not willing to commit 30, 60, 90 days to improve your aerobic fitness, and that means five days a week, if you're not willing to do that, you're not willing to transform. You're not ready to transform. If you are ready to transform, you're committing five days a week until your aerobic fitness is adequate. And then here, guess what? Here's a secret. You can bump it down to two to three times a week once you've achieved adequate to efficient aerobic fitness, right? So that's good. Let's work on that. But that's a really important part of this foundational phase that we're working on. So if you guys don't understand what heart rate variability is, I've done thousands of podcasts and thousands, thousands of hours of podcasts now and uh, thousands of hours of learning as well myself. And it's really the, the gauge or the measure of your nervous system, the state of your nervous system is the simplest way to think of it. Heart rate variability is literally the, the spacing between the beats, the variability between the spacing of the beats of the heart. And I've done many podcasts. I've actually got one coming up soon, a new one. But uh, if you want to revert back to the podcast with Dr. Jay Wiles, that's probably the most recent one who was just phenomenal. Dr. J is just an incredible wealth of information, incredible man. He's got his own podcast now called Hanu Health, H-A-N-U, Hanu Health. I uh, suggest you guys all check it out if you're interested in breath work and heart rate variability. Dr. J is an uh, awesome, brilliant guy. And uh, so guys, that, that's how does that all sound as far as um, what to be doing in the beginning of a foundational phase? Does that sound typical? It's what most people will tell you. Now, the reason those are important is, as I said, we need to optimize health. Health is the foundation of all of it. Health is the foundation of, of quality of life, but it's also the foundation of adaption, adaptability, sorry, adaptation, right? If I can use my words today, um, the, the ability to progress is dependent on your ability to adapt, is it not? So don't just throw a bunch more stress on your body. That's stupid. Right now, your body's barely able to recover from the amount of stress that you're subjecting it to. How do you know, right? So if you, any of you measures your HRV, so I always wear this, either this or this. If you guys are watching, I'm showing you my Garmin watch and my Aura ring, both of which have HRV and heart rate. And I'm always looking at my heart rate variability. So my heart rate variability is low. I know my ability to adapt and recover is low. My heart rate variability is high. My ability to adapt and recover is high. So I'm constantly striving to increase my heart rate variability, the, the interbeat variability between the heartbeats. So we want to improve. So if you know your stress is elevated, you'll see a low heart rate variability. So that's how you test. And so most of my clients will come in. If they have a great HRV, okay, we're ready to put some more stress on these people. I'm gonna I'm gonna speculate that most people listening to this podcast don't have an exceptional HRV. Most people I know, most people, my clients don't have an exceptional HRV. The average is like 30, 40, 20 sometimes. Like as we should be up around 80, 100. And some of my clients are up around 220. So we really want to get up. And again, it's better is better is in general uh, aspirational. But don't compare yourself against other people. Just compare yourself against yourself and want to improve. And the way I think about this, if this, if you want to make this relevant to you, I look at my HRV almost like the elasticity of my blood vessels. So if my blood vessels are very elastic, they're able to like expand, which is what we want. We want them to expand and contract, expand and contract. So when my uh, heart rate goes up, the heart, the blood vessels should expand, right? To allow more blood to go through. If they're not, those blood vessels are maybe becoming a little more rigid maybe a little more plaque than being developed. So I want high HRV. I aspire to higher HRV so that I can, I, I just literally envision my blood vessels being more elastic and that's going to make it less likely that I'm ever going to have a heart attack or have any type of cardiovascular event. So 
Uh, again, I said I wasn't going to make this podcast long, so hopefully this is still within the realm of enjoyment for you guys and value, maybe even above enjoyment. Um, but so each and every one of you guys out there, if you're not already doing the foundational phase for your clients or for yourself, think about it. Heal the body first. And, and here's the great thing. The number one statement I get at the end of the first phase with everybody is, man, I really feel good. It's often, I don't know why, but I feel really good or I feel a lot better. I hear that all the time. Like, yeah, I know why. Because we're improving your health. We're improving your sense of well-being simply by getting outside and doing those walks, right? Getting outside and spending time in nature, improving your aerobic fitness, improving your sleep. People feel better. Guess what happens when you feel better? You're more motivated. You're more likely to follow through. So for each and every one of you coaches out there, this is my advice to you is take the time to, yes, you all, you all want to get the transformation because you want to post it on Instagram, right? You want to, you want a transformation to post on Instagram so you can sell more people. But I'll tell you what, if you make people feel better and you change their, their body, not just for a week or a month or three months, but for life, they will never leave. They're not going to go anywhere else because they've never experienced this before, right? They're going to come to you because they know, gosh, that person not only helped me short-term, but they helped me long-term. They empowered me to be the best version of myself. Rather than give me a plan that I followed once and then I got in great shape, that's awesome, and then I ballooned up afterwards, they empowered me with the ability and the knowledge to make my own decisions to do this for myself long-term. Or maybe they don't want to do it for themselves. Maybe they just want to work with you forever, but at the very least, they are in shape and it's sustainable. It's not feeling like you're always chasing it. It shouldn't always be hard. That's one thing I tell everybody, right? Do you know that getting in shape doesn't have to be hard? It has to be consistent. But most people have this like elephant. They think they have to eat an elephant with a with a fork. Like, no, man. It's like it doesn't have to be that hard. You just got to learn the high impact habits for you. So, guys, I hope you enjoyed this. If you did enjoy this podcast, you can head over to muscleintelligence.com slash body parts and get a primer. You can also go to muscleintelligence.com slash apply and apply to work with myself and my coaching team. We're taking on clients for the new year, our brand new cohort in the new year for anyone that wants to transform not only for the first three months, but for the rest of their life. You guys can join us there. Today's podcast is brought to you guys by our, the amazing friends at Buy Optimizers. Guys, you guys know that Buy Optimizers has an incredible array of products, all of which I use at a consistent, well, not all, but most of which I use on a consistent basis. And that's uh, Mag Breakthrough. If you guys are not using, using Mag Breakthrough, that's such an incredible product. Seven different magnesium chelates that uh, are just absolutely essential for optimization of function. If someone is concerned with heart function, cardiac function, magnesium is the mineral you must have. So if you have anyone in your life who are on these times, you're not doing so well, or maybe some people are experiencing some negative effects from these, uh, these forced medical procedures that are going on right now, magnesium is an important part of that. And they've also, Bioptimizers also hooks us up with Masszymes, Capex, which is their amazing ketogenic digestive product. They've also got P3OM, which is an amazing proteolytic uh, probiotic, all of which you guys can get hooked up with if you head over to buy optimizers.com and use the code muscle. B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S. Buy optimizers. It's not bio optimizers. It's just buy optimizers, B-I-O. Um, and use the code muscle. You get hooked up today and every day this month. And guys, this code is not going to last forever. So don't waste time. Let's do it. 
Thank you very much for joining me on the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. If you did enjoy this podcast or any of our podcasts, please subscribe. We do appreciate your subscription and your support. This is what drives the podcast forward. We are working on getting an entire new group of podcasts in 2022 and entire new group of podcast sponsors coming your way. We have some amazing ones sponsoring us in 2022. We look forward to sponsoring you, sorry, supporting you and your family and your loved ones in living your greatest life in a body you love. If you're not already subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, you can find us there. Please leave us a review. If you did enjoy this podcast, I want to hear from you. If you want more stuff from me, got to say the word. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you. I look forward to bringing so much more amazing content to this community in 2022. One more thing. If you guys are interested in cryptocurrency, if you're interested in NFTs and crypto and DeFi, uh, let me know. I want to hear from you. And I'm really diving deeply into that world because I think it's really interesting. One of the most interesting things to me is the community building aspect. And I think that's really, really interesting where we can build a community where you guys can all be invested in muscle intelligence. You can all ultimately be uh, stakeholders in some community that we generate. And that to me is interesting, right? We can all be part of something based on a common mission and common values, that's one of the most interesting things that I've heard maybe in the last 20 years is this idea that we can, we can uh, combine forces with people who are value-driven, ultimately leading a, life of, uh, leading a life with light, right? We'll say with their heart-first, heart-centered leaders, people who are good humans, aspiring to do great things in the world and maybe push back against evil and ultimately focus on just lifting people up and being healthy and being strong and, and developing a next generation of awesome little humans that can lead this charge into the future. So if you're interested in that, and that's interesting, fire me a message on Instagram and I'd love to hear from you or get into the Muslim intelligence community on Facebook. I know Facebook isn't everyone's favorite platform, but guess what? building a private platform. We've got something coming uh, early 2022. We're building a private community where all of our, our family, our friends, our fans can jump in there and uh, be part of the community and not have to be on Facebook. Thanks guys. Have a great day. Appreciate you. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning into Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Pikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.